Monday, September 26th here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football, giving coaches the ability to break down game film to pull stats, searchable clips, tendency reports, and much more from both desktop and mobile solutions. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon. And you get one free breakdown if you sign up today. Chuck Zada here alongside Mark Schofield. Mark, we've, uh, we're still waiting for uh, the Monday night game to be played, so still going through all of the NFL tape at this point. College, college weekend's in the books, though, and I'll tell you, a little bit more interesting weekend than I was expecting. Obviously, you had you know a couple key games in uh, you know some SEC games, some Pac-12 games, but some games that I think were a little bit off most people's radar ended up being pretty solid as well. Yeah, it was another good uh, kind of weekend of college football. Um, we had some pretty big games in the SEC. We had that you know Georgia Ole Miss game, which. I mean, that didn't turn out the way I think anybody expected, and nobody expected Old Miss to just run away with that. Yep. Um, that game was, wasn't was really close um, from the get-go. Um, you know, Florida State had a nice win, um, kind of a rebound win for them. That Florida-Tennessee game. I was surprised how Tennessee was able to come back in that game. Yeah, I mean, we were chatting at ITP. You know, we had a bunch of us watching the games, and nobody really thought Tennessee was going to get their way back into the game. And not only did they, you know, get back into it, that game turned and they just ran away with it. They, they kind of turned it into a laugher. And I'll tell you, that was one where, you know, through the first 35, 37 minutes of that game, Tennessee showed absolutely nothing. And then right off that pick in the second half that they threw right after that, something about that, I guess, just kind of got them going. And, and from there, you know, they uh, they kind of ended up, you know, just chugging through. So it was uh, interesting to see that that Tennessee team, obviously, it, it might be the ugliest 4-0 start that I've ever seen to to a season. It just, you know, that Appalachian State game and then this Florida game, a lot of it not really clicking. But we're going to be talking here uh, today about Texas A&M, Arkansas, correct? That's right. This was a game that, um, you know, similar to that Florida-Tennessee game, this was a game that was actually kind of close, and then it just turned, and that's what we're going to talk about a bit. But this was a game between two teams that I was kind of surprised that they were both unbeaten. Um, coming in the ICC, SEC West, both teams coming in at 3-0. These were two teams that I picked to be kind of near the bottom of that SEC West um, in my preseason sort of preview hub. Um, pretty close game early. I mean, this was a 17-17 game, and then Arkansas gets the ball um, kind of like er- kind of early in the, the third quarter, like about 10 minutes left in the third quarter. They go on a march. I mean, they take over possession on their own, sort of 11-yard line around there, and you know, it's like a nine minute drive. And then later in the third quarter, they got first and goal at the two and they get a one yard gain on first down. They get stopped for no gains on second and third. I think it was back to back quarterback sneaks and they elected to actually go for it. I mean, so now you've got, you know, two minutes or so left in the third quarter. It's a tie game and they elected to, you know, forego the three points and try for a touchdown, hand the ball off to wide receiver, get stopped for a a loss of five yards. So now they get a turnover and it's still a tie game. A&M, takes over they get a run on first down for just two yards and then trevor knight finds josh reynolds for you know long 92 yard touchdown pass which was just a it that started sort of the change of the game what what exactly is the deal with these two teams here let's let's start first with texas a&m obviously anytime you put up 45 points your offense is doing some good things pretty much everything happening on the ground for the you know the 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 passing game a couple big plays here and there but it really seemed to be that just consistently getting big chunks of yardage on the ground throughout this one 
Yeah, that, that ground game pretty much led the way for me. This is a team that coming into the season, people thought they were going to have a good defense. Obviously, you got Miles Garrett and you got Hall on the other side of that defensive line. This is going to be a good defense, but the kid, could they get enough offensively, particularly at the quarterback position, from Trevor Knight, uh, the transfer coming over, to put enough points up on the board to win games like this? And, you know, at least on this play, look, Josh Reynolds does a tremendous job on this touchdown. He's got matched up against a senior, DJ Dean, uh, senior cornerback. It just beats him at the line of scrimmage, and it's a great example of how a wide receiver can win a route and win a play at the line of scrimmage. He's facing sort of press coverage, uses a stutter step move, and gets Dean to shift his transfer his weight to the inside and then back onto his heels. And that's when Reynolds kind of accelerates to the outside and just gets around him and beats him at the line of scrimmage. And he's won the route at that point. I mean, he's just able to accelerate away from him and gets a step or two of separation, and that's all he needs. Knight drops in a great throw. They're in what looks to be cover two or cover four. Um, that safety doesn't get over that play side safety doesn't get over to help in time can't prevent the completion DJ Dean tries to recover and make a tackle he can't make the tackle and Reynolds is gone and so now I mean think about how this game kind of changes right there I mean it's a 17-17 game Arkansas is you know fourth and goal at the one they decide to go for it gets stopped okay so you've taken three points off the board right there and then you give up a long touchdown I mean the game just changes like that yeah, because it was what? That was the second play of that drive, that uh, 92 yeah. yard? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was a two play drive. Yeah. I mean, so now, you know, now it's 24 17. Arkansas gets the ball back. They punt they don't there, do right? Yeah, yeah. They, they go five plays, 27 yards. They punt. And then AM goes on a little bit of a drive. They run, I think, six plays. Uh, they start at their own 15. They go six plays. They get a DPI tacked on as well. And then they're facing, you know, I think first and 10, uh, the Arkansas 33. And they run a little power play. Um, and the blocking on that, it sets up so well for it. Anyone else standing out to you with uh, on Texas A&M's offense here throughout this one? I mean, not really. I mean, from a statistical point of view, I mean, Knight had a solid game. I mean, 12 of 22 for 225 and two touchdowns. But a lot of that on um, one play. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that on one play. He did have 157 yards rushing the ball, too. Yep. I mean, so we had a pretty good night. As a dual threat quarterback, I mean, you know, more solid, I think, on the running side than the passing side. Um, Reynolds obviously had four catches from 141, 92 on that one play and a touchdown. I mean, this is a team that, you know, if you're kind of looking at their schedule, they had that big win against UCLA at home to open the season. I don't think a lot of people saw that one coming. I mean, they get Prairie View at A&M. I mean, that's, you know, basically it. You know, that was kind of an easy game for them, 67 nothing. Yep. Then they go to Auburn, beat Auburn. I mean, Auburn's a team that, you know, they look to save Gus Malzahn's job last night with that win over LSU. And then they get Arkansas at a neutral site. I mean, it's Dallas, so it's more of a home game for them, but it's still technically a neutral site. You know, that's, that's just four wins, three of them, you know, kind of impressive, two of them in conference. They get South Carolina on the road, which South Carolina doesn't look to be too tough of an opponent now. And then they get Tennessee and Alabama. Then you got the big ones coming in. Yeah. And then, then after that, I mean, you've got – say somehow they get past Tennessee and then they can beat Alabama on the road. That looks to be a tough ask, but with this defense, it's possible. And then they get New Mexico State at home, Mississippi State, which looks to be having a down year. And then Mississippi at home, UTSA. I mean, UTSA, the Roadrunners aren't going to put up that much of a fight, I don't no. think. And then LSU at home. I mean, so that's kind of a favorable schedule for AM. I mean, they've got these, you know, these next three weeks where they've got Tennessee and Alabama, obviously two incredibly tough tests. If they can get past South Carolina, if they don't look ahead, you know, they've got a shot against Tennessee. They get that game at home. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting when you play the schedule out that way that you know there is a reasonable path where you say okay maybe they get through this with you know just one or two losses this year when it's all said and done. Um, you know, I think running the table obviously little little bit of a long shot. I'll probably say that at this point, but you know you go out there and say okay you know you come out of here with two losses and you know you're in decent shape to get yourself a pretty good bowl bit at that point. Um, let's let's turn over and take a look at Arkansas here. Um, you know, just going through the stat sheet. And again, this you know we talk about box score scouting and how it may not always show up uh, or show you a true picture of what happened. Austin Allen, pretty pretty good day statistically. Twenty eight of forty two, three hundred and seventy one yards. Looks like he's got you know pretty solid day. When you watch the tape on him so far, what does it show? Does did, did you see anything that impressed you, or was it kind of full of sound and fury, signifying nothing? I mean, they do some interesting stuff, sort of schematically. Um, obviously, they're, they're primarily a power running team, but I've written a lot, you know, two pieces now on sort of their, you know, how they like to use boot action, to get, you know, Allen some easy throws. But, you know, he made a nice throw early in the game. I think, yeah, second quarter on a nice drive that they had, a, you know, deep out route um, from the left hash to the right sideline. It was a nice little throw. Um, you know, he's obviously a new starter. I mean, coming into this team. Um, again, a team that a lot of people weren't high on when this season started, but he's shown enough that, you know, this loss certainly wasn't on him. I mean, I more than anything, I came away questioning that decision. Again, not to, you know, beat it too, you know, beat this dead horse too much, but, yep. you know, to decide to go, you know, go for it there, it was, that was a, you know, questionable decision, number one. And number two, I mean, that play that they run, they go jet sweep on fourth down. Yep. And to do that against a team like Texas A&M that's good defensively up front that, you know, what they like to do, and this is something I've written about, they like to put Miles Garrett, they're great defensive, and they like to stand them up in a two-point stance on those situations. So you've got your basically your best defender helping to protect the edge. And, I mean, I'm looking at the play right now, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, he was standing up on the edge. He didn't factor into the play, but he got double teamed on the edge, which sort of allowed the quarterback to come up and make the play. I mean, just – you know, questionable decision to go for it, number one, and to run, run that play. I mean, if you're going to go for it, I know you're thinking maybe you catch them in a little bit of surprise, you attack the edges, but know the defense that you're going up against, know what they like to do, and they're basically going to give you a defense that's going to protect that edge with their best player. It just seems questionable to then like try to run a jet sweep that way, forcing you to double-team their best player and leaving that cornerback unblocked on the edge. Talking about Texas A&M and Arkansas here, before we go further, just want to give you a quick reminder that today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football, helping coaches to win more games and make smarter use of the film room with your team. Crossover breaks down and stats out your game film, giving you searchable clips, advanced ODK, tendency reports, and a wealth of other great information that you can access from any PC or any mobile device. Your formations and your personnel packages can be labeled with your own terminology and you can create custom highlight reels that you can exchange with anyone on any platform, including all of your own coaches and players. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon to get one breakdown for free when you sign up today. Looking at Arkansas on the uh, defensive side of the ball, obviously, look, anytime you give up 45 points, not a, uh, you know, not a good sign for you. But did any players defensively for Arkansas flash anything for you? 
nobody really flashed anything. This was more a situation where there's just really good execution, especially in the plays that I've, you know, been talking about. I mean, that, you know, that touchdown run from Travion Williams, that 33-yard run that, you know, again, A&M rattled off 21 unanswered after that fourth and goal stop. Um, you know, the first play was the Reynolds long touchdown run. I mean, catch and run. The second play was this 33 yard run from Travion Williams, which was a great sort of power concept. They've got, they're running it to the right side. So they get the center, the right guard and the right tackle. They all execute down blocks. Center blocks down on the nose tackle to his left. The right guard blocks down on the the shaded defensive tackle on his left shoulder. And then the tackle blocks down on the backside linebacker. That leaves the playside linebacker as well as the playside defensive end unblocked. But with this sort of down blocking scheme from the right side, it allows both the right the left tackle and the left guard to pull. Guard kicks out the defensive end, and that tackle comes around. And as that playside run playside linebacker steps forward to fill that hole, because he sees what's coming, you know, he just gets erased by the tackle coming across. And they're in cover one. Arkansas is in cover one for the situation. The only defender left to make a play is the free safety, Josh Liddell. He just takes a bad angle. And as Williams sort of cuts through that hole, Liddell's just out of position. All he can basically do is wave at him. I mean, he literally like waves at him as he goes by, trying to make a tackle, but he's got no prayer on it. And Williams is gone. And then so now you've gone from 17-17. Now it's 31-17. You know, they score another touchdown. So it's, you know, 31-38-17. The game is basically over. Yep, yep. So, any uh, any other things that stood out to you in this matchup uh, as you were watching it? Not really. I mean, again, Miles Garrett is just an impressive defensive player. I mean, there was another you know short yarded situation on the goal line earlier in the game where, again, they had stood him up on the edge. And again, don't want to beat this decision to go for and fourth down. But again, earlier in the game, Garrett was. Two point stance on the edge, you know, you know, short yarded situation on the goal line. He's flexed out sort of wide a little bit, like they like to do in these short yarded situations. They try to run to the edge to that side, and he makes a tackle for a loss. So, I mean, it wasn't that Arkansas missed something, you know, earlier in the week when they were doing their advanced scouted and film. I mean, they had seen this scenario play out earlier in the game. For whatever reason, they tried again, and it really kind of, you know. Takes points off the board if you want to look at it that way. Sets changes the momentum if you want to buy into that sort of m- m- momentum idea, and then they give up twenty one unanswered. So, yep. I mean, it just really kind of changed right there. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, certainly, obviously, Mark, you're going to be watching the SEC all season, and I, I got to tell you, it's fun fun being able to go over these with you. You know. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, we're doing a lot of, you know, a lot more co- college coverage at on, inside the pylon this year than we have. And I mean, Sean Cottrell is doing some great work in the ACC. And we've got, you know, Matt Brown and Ryan Dirk. We're doing some stuff with the Pac-12. Um, some other guys are doing some really good work. So it's fun to dive into this stuff as well. I mean, there's so much great football being played. So to be able to talk about all this stuff every week, every day, like we do, it's fun stuff, man. Yep. Yep. No doubt about it. Now, I'll tell you, I got a little bit of a takeaway from this weekend also. Here okay. we go. Just briefly, okay? It's a name people are probably a little bit familiar with based on uh, some things that were going on last year. Conrad Yukrapina out of Stanford, okay? Uh-huh. Don't know if he's quite... I don't know if he quite has the leg strength, the, the senior place kicker from Stanford. Don't know if he quite has the leg strength he needs uh, in order to, you know, kind of hit those mid-50-yard attempts, your 55, 56, 57 that you might be tasked with in the NFL. But I'll tell you, it's a pretty interesting motion that the kid's got going. Obviously, he's hit some big kicks in big spots, that 45-yarder against Notre Dame last year. 
name to watch just as we as we go here it's you know it's it's a name to watch he's a guy that's got some interesting uh interesting things going on and i like what i've seen from him to this point uh only really been starting for a year and a half so there's not a ton of track record here i want to see how he develops as he goes but for those of you who were trying to build your own kicker rankings heading into uh you know some week five action take a look at uh young mr yukrapina out of stanford Somewhat interesting just to keep your mind on. Yeah, and what's interesting is, you know, Stanford does a lot with the virtual reality, and they were showing during that game, you know, him, you know, in the hotel conference room, sort of pre-game, and he was watching via that virtual reality software and program that they're using out there. Yep. You know, all the, I guess what they haven't watched, they, they haven't watched all of the kicks that he made during that week in practice. Yep. To help start visualizing, you know, and get himself ready. I mean, that's a, have you thought about that? Have you thought about like teams that are using that with kickers and how that might help their games? I have. I mean, I need to. I need to try something like that myself just to see kind of what it does for me because I'd be speaking without having given it any real, um, you know, demo myself. And for something like that, I feel like I'd need to try it first just because I wouldn't feel confident speaking on it otherwise. I'll tell you another guy who I like not for this year, but my leader in the clubhouse for the number one slot for next year. For this would be the 2018 draft, so he's only a junior right now. But Daniel Carlson of Auburn, okay, stud, straight up, straight up stud. Like this, very, very capable kicker, able to hit from any distance. Hasn't missed yet this year. Hit every one of his kicks in his career. He's seven of eight from 50 plus. So he's got a big leg. He's capable of hitting from that distance. You know, he, he's a guy that I would keep close tabs on. Not going to, I don't think he makes the jump early this year. I, again, I don't think kickers should do that. But class of 2018, you get a year and a half from now. Daniel Carlson from Auburn, really interesting NFL prospect. File that away, people. File that away. So early look there. Uh, that's all we got for the day, though. We are going to call it, and we're going to wrap it up here. Chuck's out and Mark Schofield. We're going to be back tomorrow talking a little bit of NFL action now that the NFL uh, should be just about wrapped up by then. Until then, make sure that you do subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a little review there as uh, that helps to boost us up the ratings and get more people looking at us. Once again, Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield, we will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.